0: This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cohn Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting ZenNovaScotia.com. When I was 17 years old, I attended a martial arts class for the very first time. And what I remember from that day, aside from being very tired when it was done, was a demonstration that the teacher did. He was talking about center of gravity. And he invited two kind of big guys to go up and stand next to him. And then he held himself very tightly. He made himself look really strong, and he kind of put his chest out, and he flexed, and he said, okay, pick me up. And the two guys went on each side of him, and they picked him up very easily. And he said, okay, well, one of you pick me up. And one got behind him the way you would a big stuffed animal and just picked him up off the ground. It was easy. And he said, okay, step back. I said, now I want you to do it again. But just a second. And then he relaxed his body completely. And you could see everything dropping. And his arms went down and his knees bent. And his... Everything about how he was carrying himself was different. And he said, okay, come pick me up. They couldn't do it. He was rooted. And he was floppy. And there was nothing they could do to get him up in the air. And he said, okay, invite a friend. So they brought someone else in and someone else. And finally there were six guys trying to pick up this teacher off the ground. And they, you know, finally someone just picked up his legs. They picked him up. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, it's a party trick. Anybody can do it. But I had never seen it. I had never seen such a clear demonstration of that before. And I've thought about it a lot. And I've been been thinking about it this week as we've approached tonight, because tonight we reached the 10th paramita uh, in the the Theravadan list of ten. That doesn't mean we've hit all of them, but we've hit that the end of that list. And the tenth is uh, upekka, which is usually translated as equanimity. And this center of gravity is relevant. The first thing to say about equanimity is that it, is, it isn't about being calm. I think we equate these two things. And so we read that this is the perfection of, of equanimity, and we think, oh okay. And we go to this, this vision we often have of, of Zen being, again, spa-like. Right. But I will learn to calm myself down. I will learn to be that person. But from a practice perspective, from, from a bodhisattva perspective, nobody really cares if you're calm or not. It's highly overrated. We all know how to be calm. Most of us do. Some people can't do it no matter what. But generally speaking, we understand. If your only goal is to be calm, you need to get away. Right? You get away from the things that you feel are making you not calm. So you go to a quiet place, or you get away from your boss, or you get away from your kids, or you get away from the city, or whatever it is, you go to the place that is away. And if you can't do that, but you still just have to be calm, then you go away to a place in your mind that is calm, where it's just rolling fields. And rainbows and you take deep breaths (sighs) and if you can afford it you might actually go to the spa right and you'll get the massage with the hot stones right and you'll walk away and you'll feel so relaxed and you'll say this is what I needed what you've done is you've hit the the restart button maybe But to what end? If your response to chaos, if your response to pressure, if your response to stress is to seek calm over and over again, it's like giving yourself Novocaine over and over again and never taking the tooth out. It feels good, but eventually you wake up from it. And the problem is still there. Sometimes a symptom of equanimity is calm. But it's a side effect. We don't need to worry about it. Equanimity is knowing your center of gravity. In the face of those very things that are pushing you that are pushing your buttons. If you need to leave, that's not equanimity. Now, it's important, I think, to recognize that sometimes you need to leave. Because sometimes you may find that you're about to be unskillful, Right? you've been pushed too far, you've, you've gone too far chasing your own anxiety. And you realize that if you don't get out of the room, you're going to say something you regret, or you're going to do something you regret. Something is going to capsize. In that moment, by all means, leave and try to be calm and start over. Being calm is not the problem. But what we're hoping for is to be able to eventually not have to leave the room. Not because we're perpetually calm. Not because we're cold inside which is what we might also associate with equanimity, that we're observers all the time. So the world is happening and someone's talking to me, and yes, I hear what's being said, but I don't feel it, because I have this, this state that I'm in, and I carry it everywhere I go all the time. I'm in, it's like walking around with a fishbowl over your head, right? You're breathing your own oxygen. That's not equanimity either. That's actually a real danger. And it's a real danger within this practice because we can start to recognize different states and some of them can be very attractive. And we can think, oh, I felt this way while I was sitting. It would be great to feel that way all the time. Maybe I can just, maybe I can make that portable. I watched a typhoon once from my window in Japan. I saw a lot of typhoons in Japan, but one really stood out for me because uh, I used to live across the street from the school where I worked and lining the street was Kind of a little bamboo grove. And the bamboo was... I was still new to Japan, and if you're new to Japan, you fall in love with bamboo. You know, it's, it's just gorgeous. And uh, there are lots of different kinds, and you notice it all the time, and, and you'll find yourself pulling over on the side of the road just to go look at it. And there was this beautiful bamboo that lined the street, and it was, it was about this big around, you know, really, uh, really thick. And I would try to shake it sometimes, you know, and I could yeah, you know, I could get a centimeter out of it But it's really strong. It's really solid and it's fun too because it makes different sounds you, know, you can you can thump it So I really enjoyed it Well this typhoon came in it was my first real storm in Japan It, it was incredible and it, I couldn't hear anything you know, I, I, I couldn't hear myself think inside my house and everything was shuttered. And, and at one point I thought, I have to see what this looks like. And I threw open a window and all of that bamboo was lying horizontal from the wind. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what an incredibly strong storm. And then an hour later when it was all done, I opened the window again and it was all standing upright. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's really strong bamboo. Right. But it bent. Right. The trees that fall down in storms are the really strong ones, the ones that are really rigid, right? the ones that are dry inside. Right. Bamboo is really wet when it's alive. And that brings me back to that, that teacher making himself go limp. Nothing could pick him up. So I think about equanimity and I think about center of gravity. What is your center of gravity? Where is it that you you position yourself in the world? This is probably where I'm supposed to make a product placement and say, your center of gravity is found in Zazen, or it's found in your practice, or it's found in your Bodhisattva vows. All possible. But center of gravity can be anything. But depending on what it is, the roots will be different. The stance will be different. we can always be asking ourselves, where is that for me? what is the center for me? and is that is that something that has integrity? is that something that I can feel even when I lose sight of everything else? so that's one question What is it? But the other question, maybe the more interesting question, is how do I hold it? How do I maintain a center of gravity? It's not easy. Everyone knows it's not easy because everyone has failed. Everyone has been knocked off balance. Everyone has been knocked off balance by something that they thought wouldn't knock them off balance. Everything, everyone has been knocked off balance by something that before and after they can see as being very, very small. I've said this over and over again, but my kids, they find my buttons. Right? Buttons I didn't know I had. Those are the scary ones, right? I know about a lot of them, but they'll surprise me sometimes. And suddenly I'll be saying something that is maybe verbatim what my dad said to me. That doesn't mean my dad said the wrong thing, but I'm speaking unconsciously in that moment. I'm channeling something that I didn't know I even had. And then I look back an hour later and I think, whoa, whoa. That's news. How do we hold something? I think what I keep coming back to is I keep coming back to this issue of, of going soft. There are many faiths that ask you to hold a center of gravity that is rigid. Right? so that when life comes at you, when something gets you down, you have beliefs. right? Or you have a line of faith that you hold to, and that's supposed to keep you strong. right? You contract around that. But I think when you do that, you find eventually that you're always in a battle. Because this center of gravity, this integrity, is something that you're trying to protect. It's not something that's holding you rooted. It's something that you're guarding. And you guard it by saying, I will not budge. I think eventually you crack. in the face of something that seems to threaten our peace of mind, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is to bend a little bit. To be open to it a little bit. to be a little open to the possibility that we're not 100% right. It's completely counterintuitive. And in that original demonstration, if, if you do this, and I, because I've seen that demonstration many times since, if the person in the middle is going limp and everyone's trying to pick that person up, And they can't do it, and they can't do it, and they can't do it. There is a solution. The solution is, hurt that person. Surprise them. Punch that person in the stomach. That person will contract. Unless that person is really good at this, that person will contract. And when they contract, they'll go hard. And when they go hard, they lose their roots. And you can... Goop them up off the ground like nothing. I've said before that one of my teachers says that that basically practice is doing the opposite of what normal people would do. This is an example of that. In that moment when everything is saying, contract, when everything is saying, put up your armor, when everything is saying, defend yourself, to get softer, is the hardest thing. That's my limited understanding of of equanimity. Like all of this, I don't think it necessarily feels so good. Hmm? We wish it would. But the purpose is not the experience of it. The purpose is the skillfulness that it brings forth. Always. And so whether or not you feel calm and whether or not you feel that you're riding the storm in the way that you want to is really secondary. Mm -hmm. That can be disappointing. But it's also something that we can remind ourselves of along the way. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.